sickness and in health, that hadn't as yet included his boat, his pride and joy, his sanctuary. He had owned the modest 30-foot motorboat for six years, having bought it for himself on his 24th birthday. It was his place to decompress, to read, to be alone, to think, to get away from whatever might be bothering him, or to focus and reflect on that which was good. Tim's close friends, Danny and Will, were out on the boat with him a few times, but never a woman. Not even Maggie. Not until that day. The fact that this milestone didn't happen for the first four months after their marriage was more a function of the calendar than anything else. It isn't until early May that things start warming up on Long Island Sound, which is where Tim kept the boat. He was waiting for a decent day, and while the weather forecast for this one wasn't perfect, it would have to do. Why don't you keep it docked down there? Maggie had asked on more than one occasion. She said this while pointing down at the Hudson River from their 23rd floor apartment in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Fort Lee is living proof of the old joke that the three most important things in real estate are location, location, location. It wraps around the New Jersey side of the George Washington Bridge and is therefore wildly valued for its proximity to and view of New York City. It was inevitable that high-rise apartments would spring up along the water, and just as inevitable that the prices would rise even higher. Tim and Maggie lived in Sunset Towers, as prestigious an address as Fort Lee possesses, and used that vantage point to take easy advantage of the theater, restaurants, and energy that New York provided better than any city in the world. They were just leaving their apartment when Maggie unveiled the hat. He assumed it had to be a hat because it was sitting on her head, but in reality it looked like a manhole cover on steroids, with a round brim so large that the 3rd Infantry could find shade under it. What the hell is that? he asked when she put it on. He knew that sounded a little harsh, so he added, Honey? My new hat, she said, turning slightly to show it off in its full glory. They only had one left. So other people beat you to that? She nodded. Isn't it great? And your plan is to carry that around on your head all day? I'm sensing that you don't like it. No, I like it, he said, smiling. It's just that it's among the ugliest things I've ever seen. She nodded. That's good. I was afraid you'd want to borrow it. The drive out to the pier, with no traffic, was about 45 minutes. Of course, as far as Tim was concerned, this was merely an untested theory, since there had never yet been a day in New York without traffic. On this particular day, it took an hour and 15 minutes, much of it spent on the Cross Bronx Expressway, though the name Expressway must have been given by someone with a particularly cruel sense of sarcasm. During the ride, Tim suggested Maggie hold the hat in her lap in deference to the fact that they were in Tim's convertible. Were it to blow out into the open road, he opined, it could take out a tractor-trailer. So instead, Maggie's hair blew in the wind, and she was characteristically unconcerned about it. Maggie had dark, curly hair, and in Tim's view, it would look good even if she put her head through a car wash. In fact, he always thought she looked best when she got out of the shower, when her hair was wet and unbrushed. Of course, she was also naked then, and that may have contributed to his bias. Halfway into the ride, Maggie reached out, took his hand, and squeezed it. Did you tell Danny and Will you were taking me on the boat today? 
She was referring to Danny McCabe and Will Clampett, Tim's best friends, who often mocked his sanctuary concept. He shook his head. No, I didn't tell anyone. I figured I'd surprise people after the fact. Once they arrived at the pier, Maggie was so anxious to see the boat that she kept walking ahead of Tim. It wasn't completely logical, since there were hundreds of boats lined up, vertically parked along the pier, and she had no idea which one it was. She therefore had to keep waiting for him to catch up, and since he was carrying lunch and other supplies, he wasn't moving that quickly. But when she happened upon it, she recognized it instantly. He had the idea the week before and hadn't told her, relishing the surprise. He had renamed the boat the Magster, his nickname for her, and she stood there staring at the inscription on the hull. Finally, still looking at the name and not Tim, she said, You think I'm going to cry? Well, I'm not. I love it, and I love it.